Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about building rapport. Marlena, an experienced entertainment executive, was definitely not getting the results she wanted. She'd been put in charge of a talented group of animators, but although she was personable and energetic, she couldn't seem to build relationships with them. They weren't merely avoiding her. They were going around her to her boss and complaining about her loudly. The situation crystallized for me one day on our way to a conference room. Walking toward us was a bearded man wearing a beret and a scarf. That wasn't the only thing I noticed about him. I also noticed he had the slightly awkward gait and downward gaze of the powerfully introverted. Marlena stopped and introduced me to him. I watched as she tried to make small talk with the guy who was one of the animators she had told me about. In response to her friendly, open-ended questions, his responses were curt. The exchange was uncomfortable at best. When Marlena and I were finally behind closed doors, she said with exasperation, You see that? That's typical of how they freeze me out. How am I ever going to work with these guys? I felt the answer to her question would be found in the arena of style. The animator that I had met in the hallway was slow and thoughtful. Marlena was fast and action-oriented. The animator seemed to live in a world of ideas and thoughts. Marlena lived in a world of relationships and talk. They couldn't have been more different. For the next several sessions, Marlena and I worked on a technique called matching. Matching is a conscious flexing of your style in order to establish rapport with someone whose style is different from yours. To illustrate the concept, I told Marlena that when I first worked with senior executives, I could see that many of them were more results-driven and less relationship-oriented than I. To be perceived as credible, I felt I had to curb my natural instinct to chat and instead move almost immediately to business. But skipping chat felt contrary to every rule of relationship-building I'd learned since I was young. Excluding the niceties that, to me, helped establish rapport made my nerves scream. But I quickly learned that to establish rapport with certain people, I had to adopt their style. If chat wasn't their style, I engaged in it at my own risk. Marlena, understandably, assumed that her well-developed people skills would triumph in the end. They always had so far. She had never thought of matching. She asked where to start. A simple place to start, I told her, is pace. I asked her to begin to slow herself down in order to match her animators. Slow down what, she wanted to know. Everything, I answered. How fast you talk, how fast you walk, how fast you listen. If you share a meal, eat at their pace, not yours. In short order, she became aware that she was interrupting the animators, speaking for them, finishing their sentences, and, in general, feeling pretty impatient during her interchanges with them. She even noticed her voice was significantly louder than theirs. "'Oh, my gosh, Tom, these guys are beyond slow,' she said. "'I'm faster than they are when I'm asleep. "'There's no way I can ratchet down to where they live.' When I asked why not, she told me the gap just felt too big to bridge. In response, 
I offered her this story about matching. As first-year drama students at the Juilliard School, we began each day with a movement class. One day, our teacher asked us to pick partners for a mirror exercise that would be done in complete silence. She told us to decide who would be the leader and who would be the mirrorer. The point was for the leader to move in space and have the mirrorer follow as seemly as possible. After ten minutes, she had us switch roles. Inevitably, at some point, each leader did some jerky, unpredictable movement that couldn't be mirrored. It was an irresistible little power play. I was aware that when I was the follower, I felt slightly anxious waiting for my leader to pull some trick on me. I much preferred being the leader. Ten minutes after that, our teacher told us to do the exercise one more time, but this time there would be no leader. When I watch you and your partner, she told us, I shouldn't be able to tell who's initiating the movement. Several minutes into that round, my eyes began watering because I wasn't even blinking. I experienced a calming loss of self as my partner and I wordlessly moved our bodies in absolute synchronicity. There was no trickery, this time only working together. After ten minutes or so of that, our teacher very quietly said, Take your partner's wrist and feel each other's pulses. To my wonder, my heart and my partners were beating in exactly the same rhythm, even though we were different heights and weights and gender, and every other pair in the room had the same experience. The lessons I've always carried from that exercise are about possibility and surrender. First, I fervently believe it's possible to match anyone, no matter how different they are. Second, to achieve that matching, I have to stop trying to be the leader, thinking the other person ought to adapt to my style. Rather, I need to surrender any sense that my style is right and be willing to blend with the other person. I have to trust that I'm not losing myself, but that I'm building rapport. I also need to surrender any judgment I have about the other person's style. I can't label the other person's style as difficult or bad or tough, no matter how foreign it feels to me. Marlena struggled to accept her animator's introverted styles. She felt she'd succeeded in her career largely because of her outgoing, engaging personality. Understandably, she was reluctant to surrender her style. But over time, she began to match more effectively, and the relationships began to thaw. One suggestion she found particularly helpful was to simply try to observe the other person's breath and match that. If someone in your life feels like a mismatch, don't try to be right. Try to match them. Appearing more like the other person increases the odds that what she'll see in you is the look and sound of leadership. These tools to help you build relationships and be perceived the way you want to be perceived are, of course, the spine that runs through all these podcasts. If you'd like to polish your presence by refining how people perceive you, Four other podcasts you might find helpful are Act As If, Building Trust, Choose the Impression You Make, and Self-Knowledge as Leadership. You can find those podcasts on the Essential Communications website, EssentialCom.com. That's EssentialCom with two M's dot com. From our homepage, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. That will take you to an archive of all our podcasts where you can search by categories that interest you. From the archive, 
You can also download PDFs of every tip to save for yourself or forward to others. Our podcasts are also available through iTunes. Just search for The Look and Sound of Leadership. Until next time, this is Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.